And it's just not important to like be a certain size. It's not important to like have a body that like you feel good in all the time. It's important to like love who you are, your essence, and then treat your body as best you can, you know, and recognize it for the intuitive, amazing energy blob that it is. You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Almost 30 started as a conversation about the transition from our 20s to our 30s. But then we realized life is full of transitions. So we expanded our mission. We are an intuition-led, wellness-focused lifestyle podcast that promises to deliver authentic conversations, diverse points of view, and insights rooted in optimism, growth, and intention. The Almost 30 Nation community is a group of purposeful dreamers who are smart, passionate, and always seeking the full potential in every aspect of their lives. At Almost 30, we're making magic together. We dream it, and then we do it. Thanks so much for tuning into the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. Hello. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hello, everyone. It's your girls. What's up? <laughs> got another, remember, got another, what are you going to do when you're 30 joke today? Oh, we hadn't gotten one in a while, so we were I, know. I, I I roll with the punches nowadays. But I, I was I was overhearing that call, and I'm pretty sure they they like wanted to say that at some point. 100. <laughs> percent That was like th- their fifth bullet. Yep. <laughs> I was like, all right. Anyways, I don't even know what they're doing. I don't even know I was on that call. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Story of my life. Welcome back to Almost Thirty Podcast. We're so glad you're here. My name's Krista, and I'm Lindsay. And we started this a few years ago. We were navigating the transition from our 20s to our 30s. Now we talk about supporting, helping you navigate any transition, and We've been on a real spiritual kick this year. Very spiritual. Very spiritual. And it's kind of, and I'm sure a lot of you out there who, you know, might be in a place or community or part of the world where like exploring your spirituality isn't as, you know, talked about or normal. So hopefully, you know, we can be that place for you. And even us in LA, where there's a lot of wild things happening, sometimes it's scary for us to like talk about, you know, Mm -hmm things we've experienced or other things that we're exploring. So hopefully this can be just a really safe container for us all to, to try new things and and see what works for you and what really deeply resonates. And recently we had an experience. We had another one. (laughs) This was there. So we, you guys, so you know that we are very interested in aliens, extraterrestrials, Mm -hmm. and just like different dimensional beings, sacred geometry, understanding the earth before homo sapiens, all of that kind of stuff. And so we were like, we need to get someone on the pod. So, so we recently had a conversation and I mean, I am so curious of what everyone's going to think of the information that was shared. <laughs> it is so fucking wild. I mean, it's wild. nothing surprised me. Nothing was out mm-hmm. of left field for me, but I was like, damn, if anyone else heard, they'd be like, yo, this is so wild. And, and it partly broke my heart. Cause I'm like, oh man, you know, some uh-huh. people are just going to be so like, nah. uh-huh. part of like what is so fun for me and exploring all of these things is like the, oh my gosh, like if this is true, this is really, really 
amazing. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like life is so fun. Yes. Like life is so cool and so fun. Like why would I want it to be boring and predictable? Yes. <laughs> and I think too, like there's, you know, I also think like if we think about us creating our own reality, like our ability to create our own reality, someone could create their own reality wherein these certain things were happening, you know, like they're able to access different levels of consciousness or different types of beings or places. So I think there's a lot of like that going on, but for anything, like I'm just trying to do my best with any single person to just be open-minded and like how I feel in the moment will predict like if I believe them or not. Mm -hmm. And I did believe that they, what they were speaking to was true, you know, although it was so wild. I was just like, oh my God. I know. But you know, it's the first of those conversations and like everyone talks about it all the time in our community about that type of thing. So I would love to like explore more Mm because it does make things fun. And you know, at this point I think that everyone kind of knows that we're not alone, but so. I don't know if everyone knows that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, I don't know if you're staying current with any like up to date information about space or Mm -hmm. in that or anything like that. It's like it's very obvious to me. Yeah, of course. But I actually seek that information out. So whatever. And last thing I'll say is like, what's the harm in believing? I guess I'm just like, yeah. What is the harm in believing? Yeah, I don't know if it it scares people or it also like makes some institutionalized things kind of null null and void. We're talking in very vague terms. So I apologize. We'll have the whole episode for you very soon. It's coming. Just FYI. (laughs) Buckle your seatbelts. Yeah. We wanted, we wanted to give you a little, uh, so we had a healing and once again, you know, I'm like, Hey, is there anyone with me in my healing? You know, asking cause he sees people and he's like, yeah, there's a little girl on a bonnet. I'm like, And I'm like, oh, please, please tell me, please tell me there's like a mermaid on my left shoulder. I'm like, please tell me there's like a praying mantis on my knee. Please tell me like, you know, that Sekhmet and is sitting on my, you know, head. (laughs) And then it's always the little girl. (laughs) It's always the little girl. I'm like, she better be powerful. I know she's. But he also said that um, it might have been you in a different timeline. I could see that. You know, because if people think about like traumas in their lives, they kind of fragment themselves into different timelines and Uh different realities. So it's like an opportunity for me, if that is true, to integrate that Mm. that little girl. Yeah. So it could be me or it could be. But a bonnet? Yeah. And oh my God. (laughs) Do you remember? What? Yeah. There's a photo of me with a bonnet. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. I should actually get it. I was cross-eyed too. So as a baby end up with a bonnet and I was cross-eyed. Dude, <laughs> so such cute. a vibe. So cute. Such a vibe. So chic. <laughs> so chic. But Lindsay had Pleiadian. Yeah, I had a Pleiadian being and a, oh, it begins with an A. I know. It was like a something. He, he speaks to it in the in the interview. Um, we're talking about Jerry Sargent of yep. Star Magic Healing. Um, don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah, truly don't. Please don't. So just just listen to the episode. It's yeah, I think it's incredible, but yeah, and it's it's interesting. I I didn't know that. However, like as I've been like writing and singing more, I kind of felt like, oh, what's this coming through? I don't know what that is because it doesn't feel like quote me, but um, yeah, I'm like wanting to learn more. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think I told Jordan younger. Of course, she's like, of course you are. Of course. I love her. <laughs> of course. Love her. Yeah, we were at, um when we were at Dara's with like Lacey, Jordan, Sophie, Natalie, 
Dara, me, you, I forget, Jenna. Y'all, we had a vortex of it was crazy. powerful women in one room. It was room. like a, it was I crazy. Sleep. I yeah. was like, so much energy. And Jordan was going around telling people like what beings they were. Oh, yeah. Which was cute. I know. I love that. No one knows what I am. <laughs> what do you think you are? Do you know? I don't know. I think I could be just human. Cool. Yeah. Humans are dope. Humans are amazing. Humans <laughs> are amazing. But <laughs> FYI, we are on the alien train. We are getting information for you. We are trying our best. The first one's going to be wild and crazy. So I'm excited to hear what you guys think. Mm-hmm. But we had a really, really deep healing from Jerry. And Jerry taps into like a type of consciousness called Thoth consciousness. Thoth was like an Egyptian king. Um, the one with the bird head if you guys remember that from history. And Thoth has a consciousness that lives in a different dimension that you're able to tap into that is like a coding that you could use to adjust the coding that we have in ourselves. Mm -hmm. Simple, I know. So it was really, I mean, it was powerful. Yeah, we talked about past lives. Yes, I had collars on my neck. Mm -hmm. He clipped those. Clipped my collars. And you were? Oh, I was a witch. Uh Uh-huh. Burned at the stake. What was that? Aren't we all? I was... Oh, why am I forgetting? I was a woman in one lifetime and my sister stabbed me in the back quite literally. Mm-hmm. So Literally stabbed you in the back, but you lived. <laughs> I lived. Ow. Yeah, you were, you were like on a farm. <laughs> uh, but in the in when we were like deep in meditation, I saw this woman like, it was like I was looking up at her and she kind of had like a farm bonnet on and like a little That's basket. That's crazy. And the basket but it was just like a little flash. Knife. And I was like, oh, that was interesting. And then he said that. I was like, oh, okay. Wow, she's about to stab you. About to stab me. Yes. And then he said that we had a dragon with almost 30. Mm-hmm. So he tapped into the conscious, like tapped into almost 30 and that we have a dragon with us. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Just wanted to tell you guys. Just going to ease you right into it and tell you about our dragon. How to train a dragon. How to train almost 30s dragon. <laughs> so who knows, y'all? We're open. We're just chilling. One love. Um. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So that's what's up with us. We're having some conversations for hopefully the community's advancement and we're really looking forward to it. Um, But I hope you're doing well this week. I hope you guys are feeling in a good rhythm with the year. I Mm -hmm. mean, we are already into March, which seems so crazy. So if there are any goals that you set in January, maybe it's time to revisit. Maybe it's time to completely let them go. But, you know, know that we are here to support you along your journey through any of the content that we share. Yeah. If you haven't already joined our secret Facebook group, there's uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of women in there and they're supporting each other every day. We're laughing. We're crying. We're just being We're selling our underwear. (laughs) Oh my God. Should we talk about that? What was that post? I love it. Someone in the community was being super savvy and entrepreneurial. And she was saying that she was looking for an opportunity to make a little bit of cash. And she wanted to make a little bit of cash by selling her underwear on the internet. If I knew that. Super savvy and entrepreneurial. Wow. So all the girls in the community were so supportive. They're like, yo, girl. Let me know if you could do. Let me know if this works. <laughs> let me know. And some of them were like, "Yo, you could sell your underwear for two fifty, two hundred fifty bucks for one pair of musty old what the hell old undies." Yes, I know. Honestly, I think you have to like you know, like get them uh, ready and stuff. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, we're just we're down to support. And then on Instagram, almost thirty podcast. Excited about today's episode. Me too. We had a really, really 
open, vulnerable, raw conversation uh, with our friend Melanie Monaco of the Self Love Lifestyle Podcast. And uh, we wanted to share this episode that she put out with all of you because we just felt like, whoa, we really shared a lot. This was a good one. And we shared a lot about things that we know that you are always talking about in the secret Facebook group. And so, yeah, we just thought it was powerful. Yeah. Melanie's an ambassador of ours. She's been connected to our community for years. She's just been such a, such a strong, you know, friend to the podcast and to our growth. So she's seen us through it all. So these questions I felt like were so deep and heartfelt and I didn't, I shared about stuff I haven't talked about in a long time, which is, um, you know, my relationship to my body. And you talked about yours too. So our body journey journeys, how we get to a place where we feel, you know, more comfortable in our own skin. We talk about self-love, what that means for us, our self-love journey. We talked about growing the podcast, growing almost 30, working together as best friends and business owners. And it just felt really fluid. And I know that there was a lot of what she asked that's going to be really valuable, um, for y'all or we'll just spark, you know, a conversation between us. So I'm really glad we could share this. I'm really thankful she came and I'm excited to continue the conversation with you guys, whether it's on Instagram, in the Facebook group, or at one of the retreats or events. We just love, love, love connecting with you guys. Um, And if this episode resonates with you, pass it along to your friends. Yep. It's kind of like a nice little gift. Um, and we love just meeting new members of the community. And we have over 300 episodes for you. So if you just got started, all good, you know, go through it, see what resonates with you on a day-to-day basis. But yeah, sharing with your friends is yeah. means so much to us. If uh, I could suggest a few episodes to share. Oh yeah, go ahead. Dr. Nicole LaPera, mm-hmm. the holistic psychologist, such a good one. Dan Savage, like advocate, LGBTQ advocate, author, writer, incredible. Also Kimberly Schneider, she's a nutritionist. She's incredible. Donna James, nutritionist. She's incredible. And then maybe let's throw in there- John Wineland. John Wineland. Mm-hmm. If relationship, sex, masculinity, femini- femininity, a really good one. Lovia J, Milana yeah. Snow, mm-hmm. you know, Gabby Alok. Bernstein, Alok. Yeah. We have some There's good ones. Lot. Um, and I just wanted to say, if you want to learn more about Melanie and all that she does and her podcast, it's melaniemonaco.com and on Instagram, it's the self love lifestyle. Enjoy this one and we'll see you on the other side. See you soon. We love you. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh yeah. So you're glad. So I'm so glad you're here in person. Truly. I'm so happy to be here in person <laughs> with the goddesses themselves, <laughs> almost 30 podcast, Kristen Lindsay. And you are both influential leaders in this space. And I know that Almost 30 Nation has really grown in large part because you take such an active role in your community. I really feel that in order to do that, you have to be leaders in your own life as well in order to be a leader to others, and especially in the capacity that you're doing it. So I want to ask you some questions about what it means to be a leader in your life and how you take care of yourself and honor yourself. And so my first question for you is, how has that changed since you started Almost 30? How you honor your body and take care of your body specifically? I think, you know, as the community has formed and as we've realized that we're not just two girls behind a mic talking to each other, realizing that, realizing and really owning that we are leaders, it's been um, in the best way a little bit confronting about how I've been leading in my own like personal life. 
mainly like between me and me. So like you mentioned that, that self-care and really honoring and listening to myself. So, um, it's been like a definite mirror. So for me, um, following my intuition has been one of the biggest ones and that applies to business that applies to relationships that applies to my physical health, my mental and emotional health. And so, um, really the consistent check-ins with myself, the space, the quiet, the reflection time has been really integral. And, you know, I've just realized how much compassion I can have for myself and how effective that is. And also if I express that and I share that part of my experience, it also helps others to have more compassion. And I didn't realize that that could happen like that. I could have that type of influence because I never really considered myself an influencer. But then when, when these conversations started to happen and people were saying, wow, like I, I totally related. I was like, Oh, that's what it is. You know, it is the ability to relate to one another and to make people feel less alone and to empower them to really like meet themselves where they are. That's been really, really powerful for me. Yeah. Thank you for the kind words. You know, that's so, so thoughtful of you to say that, you know, for, for us at the beginning, you know, we've been doing this for a little over three years and we were both working full-time jobs. So when this idea found us, we really, or actually, you know, when we first started, I wasn't working, I was unemployed, but I was (laughs) babysitting and serving. (laughs) doing my thing. Working. <laughs> I was working. I was it, truly, I was working. Um, I was babysitting and serving for the first eight or so months. And then I got a full-time job. So taking care of myself was like my last priority, you know, whether that be anything related to like self-love or, you know, slowing down, especially, I think it was like pedal to the metal because there was already so much momentum with what we were doing. And I've always been the type of person that like, there's something inside of me that's like, that is just like an insatiable drive of like, there's only one life that we have to live. And it's been really hard to exist in that plane for so much of my life. Cause I felt like I didn't have a channel to which to express it. But in this case, I just really was like so motivated with all the men- momentum that we had that I kind of didn't do self-care and I didn't really do self self-love for the first couple years as much as I would try to do. I was just like working at nights, working weekends, um, lying to my job, working at work. And it was really painful. So now it's kind of coming off of that, coming down from that. And it's been so nice to even see glimpses of us slowing down and see glimpses of us having like time on our calendar and having space to like really just be and to really exist. You know, this week I have no plans at night and it's been so wonderful to like do a face mask and like have a minute where I'm like, oh, what do I want to do right now? You know, because before it was always like, have to get this done, have to get this done, have to get this done, which was amazing and a gift. But I just have feel, I just feel so lucky now that like I can actually practice more of what I preach and just feel more connected to like myself and honor myself and really just like allow myself to flow rather than force. And, you know, I always learned from the community too, as far as like self-love and self-care. I think everyone is so inspirational with what they say that they do as it relates to self-care. And it's like when people are so vulnerable and honest, whether it's in the group or at events, it always just inspires and reminds me like, oh, I can be loved and I can love myself too, you know, because they're doing it and they're putting in the work so much to do that. But I'm really just like right along with everyone. You know, I really feel like completely aligned with really pushing and really 
denial of like self-love in a lot of ways. Although I'm like much better than like I ever have been, you know, in my whole life. Yeah. I do want to shout out the community on Facebook. The secret Facebook group is insane. Such a mm-hmm. great space and people are so vulnerable. And I think that's because you're vulnerable and authentic when you're sharing your own stories and kind of what you were saying, Lindsay, about how you realized when you were talking about your own experience, it was expi- inspiring other people to have you know similar kinds of transformations too. I want to go back to what you said about intuition and learning to follow your intuition. It seems to me from an outside perspective, watching you grow your community and, and your business with the podcast that you have really followed your intuition with it. And um, how do you navigate that when building a business is such a masculine thing? Like Krista, you were just saying that you have that kind of drive to push, push, push. I so relate. Uh, How do you find this space to cultivate intuition and to let it flow? I definitely think it's been a practice. So over time, you know, I think the podcast was really the first big like monumental thing in my life where I followed intuitively and both of us together followed intuitively and it started to, you know, show us, you know, the rewards, the, just the potential, like all this beauty. And we were like, whoa, like, that's crazy. This was just a random idea that we started in our closets on our, on the closet floor. And we followed it without really asking too many questions. We just did it. And it's becoming so much more than we could imagine. So for me, that's kind of like this, this proxy situation that I always go back to as we navigate the business, you know, really following those intuitive hits. So often it shows up in our bodies, you know, in our hearts, like Krista and I, you know, know each other, like the back of our hands in terms of like what we're, how we're feeling. We're very in tune when things are off or on in flow, not. So we really try to honor those feelings within the business. And you're right. It is really hard because building a business is super masculine and building a business too, is like a game of, you know, there's a lot of shiny objects that are being thrown in front of you. Like, Ooh, like this opportunity will give you this type of exposure or, Ooh, like you're going to be paid this much for doing this, but what is the, you know, what's on the other side of it? Is it really feeling good to us to almost 30? So, um, it's been so important as we've gotten bigger to really tune in and, you know, having an all female team, um, I, I do think helps, helps us to kind of collectively tune in on a regular basis and express, you know, how we're truly feeling about what's in front of us. But I think it's essential. And I think that's kind of like where the world is going very slowly, but surely. But I do think that like there's more in intuition driving businesses than we realize. And I'm excited to see like how that shows up in the next like 10 or 20 years. Yeah. And it's, you know, for me, like I think about it, like intuition plus intention is like how you manifest, you know? So I have the intuitive hit And then my intention is set. And then that's really how I'm like able to manifest whatever I want. So for me, the actual like masculine energy is important for like, like either protecting that intuition. So protecting that intuitive thought or that intuitive feeling um, with a sense of like strength, or it's like being able to like actually practically put it out in the world and really make it happen. So like the intuition is that feminine part of it, but then I balance it with like the masculine energy of the actual creation and like the strategy behind everything. Um, you know, so much of what I do, I don't know where it comes from. It's really just like 
it just is, you know, it's kind of just an unknowing and it, it isn't like a conversation with myself, but it is, and it's a knowing. And I really love to like blend in the masculine. I do feel like, you know, the masculine energy has been so fruitful for so many of us. And so many of the women that are successful, like, you know, have really lent on that. So, but, you know, to say it's like, it's not all that we need. It's really that balance. So I really, you know, try my best to work on that balance, but I think it is just us really navigating right now, the masculine space of business that we're in and adjusting to that being more masculine. And as things shift to more of the divine feminine, as we, you know, evolve in consciousness, it's really beautiful because now we can really like let our guard down and really let that like percolate. Mm, Yeah. Krista, in one of the recent episodes you did, I think it was your end of the year talk that you both had together. You said something that really struck me about and forgive me if I'm paraphrasing you wrong. Honestly, I would have no idea. <laughs> you could be like, but it was something about realizing that you are in charge of your own life and everything that's happening around you is happening because of you. And I think that is such an important and also scary kind of idea. How do you navigate that? And how did you first start to accept that kind of self-responsibility? Yeah. For the self-responsibility, I think it's weird. I remember a small moment that was really profound for me in high school when I was like, I got in like a lot of car accidents in high school. I like totaled my parents' car. I got in probably 10, like just a lot. And I remember saying, I was like, God, I get in so many car accidents. And someone was like, one of my guy friends was like, oh, that's because you're like a bad driver. It's not bad luck. It's because you're a bad driver. And I was just like, that is so fucking true. (laughs) Like, I literally was like, what do you mean? I I literally was like the whole time I was like, I have bad luck. I have bad luck. And then I'm looking around at everyone else. I'm like, oh, no one else is getting in this many car accidents. (laughs) And just like that profound mirror of being like, it's not bad luck. It's actually you was like, so just like eye opening for me. It was very small, but it was just a very profound moment where I was like, damn, that is so fucking true. And then throughout my life, I was just able to really cultivate that more and more, although I lost it at points. And then when I got older and it sounds silly, but I did find the secret. And I did think that that was like really helpful for me in understanding more of the universe. And I did all the practices within it and saw these little things manifest. And so all this good was starting to manifest for me when I was living in Chicago and I was able to like manifest quitting and going to Patagonia and Justin and all these beautiful things. Um, But then on the flip side, it's like, oh, I had to realize too that I was also manifesting these other really hard things, these other really troubling things within my life. And now it's the integration of that. And, you know, I try to not be so like self-masochistic, masochistic with it and like really just beat up on myself. Cause really you could take that to a really hard place where you make every single thing about you. And so I really try and balance it as much as possible, but I do try and take responsibility for everything in my life. And although it's exhausting at times, um, it can be really magical. You know, if I just continue to work on my own alignment and my own like expression of my fullest self, then like, I know that that can only bring good things. And it's a fight in your life that is like, what else is life about? But being more aligned and, but being more balanced and, but being more of like a fully expressed version of yourself flaws and all. And just as a last point, it's like, that has helped me to recognize, you know, with radical responsibility, the importance of like integration of my shadow. 
And I've done a little bit of shadow work through my life unknowingly just to like be able to taper with feelings and emotions that I've had, but now really dove into it again in in this year. And it's like, oh, you know, if I see that as radical responsibility, you know, on a bad point, then that's not really the point because whatever the shadow is, it belongs to. So that shadow moment and that shadow thought is actually, it belongs here too. And it's the lesson and it's the medicine, you know, that you need. I love that so much. I feel that a lot of this kind of thing comes out if you're not dealing with your shadow, it comes out in your body, Mm. right? And as a soul cycle instructor, Lindsay, I'm sure that you've experienced a really interesting relationship to your body and having to power through and take a step back. And you even earlier mentioned listening to yourself. I'm curious what it means to both of you to listen to your body because so often I see women in my programs saying, well, I, I, I listen to my body all the time, but then they don't act on it. How totally. has that changed for you? Because I'm sure it's had to change as you've kind of up-leveled your life over the past few years and I mean, over your whole life. Yeah, I think like my, especially my early 20s was all about ignoring everything my body told me. And it, it was this weird like conquering life feeling of like, no, I'm going to push through. I got this. Like I only slept you know, four hours. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Literally. I like, remember that yeah. too. There was some weird yeah. badges totally. of honor in your twenties that yeah. you're just like, Oh my, like last I night I got eight and a half hours. I was like, <laughs> this is life. This mm-hmm. is life. <laughs> like but, I could go for 10. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> like, sure. I'm like eight and a half. I actually let's felt do 10. crusty. I was like, I need more. <laughs> no, honestly. <laughs> but it's so interesting. And yes, like being a soul cycle instructor really helped me to appreciate my body, but I was still like not really listening to it when I was a soul cycle instructor. Like my body was telling me to like, stop, slow down, rest, stretch, hydrate, like all the time. And I still was not doing those things. So when it was actually after I quit soul cycle that I was able to finally hear my body, like the buzz went down, you know, like that static kind of settled I was like, whoa, what you actually really want is like rest, restorative movement, like all this stuff. Um, And what started to happen was that because I wasn't like masking um, and almost like numbing these really powerful things that were coming through physically, um, i.e. connected to emotions, I started to get these very subtle physical reactions. Like I was even telling Krista the other day, like we had a moment in the office one day where I kind of felt like things were off. And literally all of a sudden my like stomach turned upside down. I was like, not hungry. I was like, and it was so weird. You know, we hadn't said anything, but I was just like, my body always knows. And you know, we can remember times in our lives when we've had those moments. We walk into a room and like energy's weird and we like either get goosebumps or our stomach feels weird or we lose our breath. We're like, whoa. So I've really been interested in like asking my body in those moments, like, okay, so what's going, what's going on here really? You know what I mean? It's not like you ate something sour. It's like, what is really going on here? And even if I have to like excuse myself and like just take a moment and take a deep breath, whether like hand on my heart or on my, on my belly, it's just like, okay, what is this? You know, because your body will tell you it's very, it's a very quick response. It will tell you. And, you know, our friends in the space, you know, Natalie Miles, Brie Melanson, uh, our friend Milana Snow, like have all said this in different ways where it's like, it will 
tell you, you know, if you just ask. So I think it's for me about making the time and taking the time and space to just ask. Mm, Yeah. Asking questions is, I would say the foundation of the work that I do in my own self-love practices, but also what I guide clients through doing. And (laughs) what we run up against is sometimes people are like, well, I don't want to ask. I don't even want to have that conversation with myself. (laughs) And, And I find that to be the challenge. But when you do have the conversation with yourself, as you're saying, you always get the answer. And I think in the long run, it's harder to push that aside Mm. and ignore that and to live a life where you're not connected to your body than it is to like take the moment and, and do the deep. People saying that they don't want to is hilarious to me. (laughs) It's like you have a coach and she's like, ask your body a question and listen. She's like, I don't want to. It's like, okay, (laughs) what are we doing here? (laughs) Like that's it. That's like your answer is in that answer. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, there's your answer. Avoidant. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, And I think for me, like Lindsay is like the, so much more of a body in her body, feels connected to her body, respects and loves her body. Like, and her connection to her body is so much more like just of the goal, you know, to, to be that in tune, to be that respectful and thoughtful of it. So for me, it's not, you know, something that I'm really good at. I'm really working on it. And it's really just a practice of every day being like, oh, I have legs, like, oh, I have feet and they're on the ground. You know, I have clothes that are on my body and just that continuing reminder because I love living in my head. It's very fun. But, you know, remembering my body, whether it's through like just changing up my movement, being more restorative, doing more yoga. But I do, I wouldn't say I struggle with it because it's not something I I think about quite often, but I do think that I would benefit from like more grounding within my, within my body and and myself. Yeah. It seems to me that Self-love as a concept is becoming more and more and more popular, of course. And I'm curious how you both cultivate it because you talk about it on your podcast. Your guests talk about it. It's definitely talked about in the community on the Facebook group. I see it. (laughs) What does that look like for for you? It's a good question. Um, I think it changes in seasons, but I had a season like for a long time or at least the last few years where the fact that I was like single, you know, was kind of this incubation time for me to really love being with myself um, by myself. So I remember a lot of like Friday, Saturday nights in my heart, I really didn't want to go out, but there was like this thing in my head that was like, you should though, like, what are you doing? You're going to get uncomfortable. Like you're going to have FOMO, da, 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 da. You should just go out. And I would force myself to stay home. I would like cook for myself. It was like a little date with myself. And it was funny because in my um, ayahuasca ceremony, we did plant medicine last year. I saw those moments. I saw them almost like a movie. And I started to cry because I was like, oh my God, those are so important. Like those moments with yourself, like where you're just like, so like cozy with yourself and happy and just like enjoying the moment. And I realized, you know, in in that moment, in the ceremony, I was like, wow, okay. Like I might write those off as maybe just times I have to like get through this, like until I find, you know, a partner or whatever. But 
I hope that I can still cultivate that. And I, I think I, I will because it does feel so good like to have that independence, to have that alone time, even when I'm in relationship. So that for me like has been the most important part of my self-love journey where it's just like being with myself, very simply. The self-love, you know, self-love is, it's so interesting because we were at, we had that event with Alexandra Roxo. It was on Valentine's Day. I think of last year. Was that the one you were at? No, you're at that one. I went to which went one? To, the hormones the one? one. Well, I did. I at Pop Sugar. Yes, with Alisa. Mm, yeah. yeah. Who? Oh my gosh, I love her so much. She's a doll. Shout out. She's, <laughs> She's a doll. Yeah. Um, no, I was at the one about finding your voice in New York. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Stewart, yes. Um, so so we had one with Alexandra Roxo, who's like a spiritual empowerment coach, author, amazing. And she, we were talking in front of a group of people around Valentine's day about self-love. And I started to say, say this stuff and I was like, oh yeah, you know, self-love like bubble baths and all this stuff. And she's <laughs> like, okay, so actually we're not going to confuse self care with self-love. And I was like, <laughs> like I had no, I was like, oh, like it, it honestly didn't click to me that bubble baths, massages, appointments for things, whatever, were not actually <laughs> self-love. I was like, fuck, I've been doing this all wrong. <laughs> and it was just so eye-opening and profound for me to kind of like rethink what that means. And, you know, I guess I just try and keep it very personal to like what has been like the through line of like my soul's journey my entire life. And that's really finding purpose with in making the most of it, you know, finding this purpose. And so it's been really nice to just focus on that through my life. Like I love myself when I'm really giving the best effort to like honor my soul. And that's by finding purpose Mm -hmm. and really like I'm most proud when I'm continuing to make an effort to find purpose. And I'm continuing to like, like cultivate that sense of like drive within me, but also it's like the slowing down and noticing of the small moments, you know, of being like, if I do something and you know, it's not based on acts always, it should be like self-love is continually there, but it really helps when I do have something that I do that I'm proud of, or that I feel good about. I'm like, Oh, that was great that you handled that conversation. Well, you know, that was really good that you know, you responded calmly and not angrily, or that was really good that, you know, you spoke very kindly to that person at the register or whatever it is, and just really be present and noticing of those things that are positive in yourself to really cultivate that. Like, Oh, I did that because like, I love them. And therefore I like love myself, you know, cause it's like by loving other people, you can really learn to love yourself because you know, we are all, we are all one. I love that you're creating the self-love vortex, (laughs) Abraham Hicks. Yes, exactly. Yes. You're making it happen. (laughs) I watch Abraham on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Me too. Me too. It's crazy. I'm just starting to get into it for a long time. I was like, I don't know. I was, you know, doing the secret and lots of other practices, but Abraham wasn't calling to me, but I just started doing it again and re-listening to him. Mm. Like, oh, I just, I just started asking his, Ask and it is given. Mm. Oh, nice. And I was, I started to cry. I was like, (laughs) channeling always makes me like a little emotional because you do feel that like intense love, you know? Yeah. I was like, okay, we got to take a break, but it's so powerful. It really is. I want to go back to self care and self love because I think that is so confusing. And I'm so glad you brought that up because 
I, I also was the same way for a while and thinking, well, if I'm going to yoga, like that means I love myself, but if I'm going to yoga to lose weight, but yeah, <laughs> of course. right. And now I realized that self-care is the action and self-love is the effect. And it's also a practice though. And you, I don't think that anybody, I mean, Abraham Hicks probably does, but I don't think anybody who's like in a human body all the time loves themselves all the time. Right. So can you speak to what it's like to cultivate love specifically for your body and how that journey has been for you? Because that's what my community is really all about. And I know that given all of the tools you've been cultivating over the last few years, I'm sure you have a lot of interesting insight. Mm. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I love my body. It's awesome. (laughs) I'm trying to think of times when it was like really intense. Like when you did not apples to lose weight. Oh yeah. In college I was bad. I think, yeah. (laughs) Laxatives. Laxatives. Laxatives at the start of college. Gained a lot of weight and then went on an apple diet. Lost a lot of weight. Apple works. Days. <laughs> You're like, no doctors near. But there's something about, and this might sound weird or bad. I don't know, but nothing is good or bad. That it really does help me if I'm in either, it's either a friendship, romantic relationship, obviously is like, you know, magnifying it. But when like someone else really honors my body, it helps me to see what they're seeing. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And I know that's probably not the order in which it should go, but it does really help me because I think like I, you know, I'm in a place now where I really feel, feel good and it changes like literally what I'm seeing in the mirror can change, but how I'm feeling about it is pretty even, Mm. but it does really help to have that validation. It's also really helped too. I think I'm seeing more of, you know, on social media, in advertising, just all bodies. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn, that is beautiful. I'm loving that. Wow. You know, f- so wherever my body fits within that, I don't exactly know, but it's like, I just love that collectively we're really honoring all bodies yeah. and it just helps me to like love where I'm at no matter what. Yeah. Representation matters. I, I love that you brought up social media because I think that can be a really sticky place. And I love social media. It's, you know, where I cultivate a lot of friends and community. But I felt when I first started my business, like I have to post only certain kinds of pictures of my body. And it was very recently where I'm like, I'm going to post a picture of my leggings digging into my stomach and my fat roll going over it. Cause I looked in the mirror and I saw that. And there was a part of me that was like, Oh, I'm like, what Melanie, like (laughs) you're a self-love person. Like what, where are these feelings coming from? Is there a part of you that wants to hate your body? And having that moment of conversation with myself, I was like, this is something that we need to talk, like we need to all talk about this because we don't all love our bodies all the time. But it's so critical to see that kind of representation, like shout out to Aerie with their campaigns. Yeah, mm-hmm. you love them. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really important. Yeah, it's um, also too, you know, of reading, have you heard of um, Janine Roth, Women, Food, and God? Oh, yes. Yeah, so she she's really profound and writes really, impactful books on like the relationship that people have between like self-soothing and like, you know, allowance of love and especially women, how we equate, you know, a lot of times food to being able to soothe and being able to like 
make us feel good. And there's the restrictive thing. And then there's the allowing thing. And um, her work has been really helpful. Danica Brescia, a, a friend of ours, um, who's a curve model recommended, you know, a lot of her works. And, you know, my journey has been long and long and crazy, but in the past year or so, it's been nice to sort of try, <laughs> try, I'm saying try. I was like trying more to eat intuitively, mm-hmm. but that was like going hand in hand with a lot of like denial of feelings. So it turned out and ended up being like more of eating to soothe myself And I wasn't really dealing with the actual problem that needed to be soothed. So now it's the journey of like actually dealing with the root of the issues and then everything else will sort of figure itself out. And just like a less focus on the body. You know, so funny, like in your 20s, like it's literally all you care about is like being hot. (laughs) I know everyone will be like, no, that's not true. But like, that is all I really was like, what am I going to wear this weekend? When am I going to go to the tanning bed? Like so much crazy stuff. And now when you actually have stuff in your life that you care about, Mm-hmm. And that is really meaningful to you and relationships you care about and that are meaningful to you. You know, your view of like what's important is just so expanded and it's just not important to like be a certain size. It's not important to like have a body that like you feel good in all the time. It's important to like love who you are, your essence, and then treat your body as best you can, you know, and recognize it for the intuitive, amazing energy blob that it is. Yeah. I, I really do think that it is almost biological to want to look a certain way when we're younger. Yeah. Right? So you mean like your parents want is like, tell me more about that. Well, par- I mean, definitely like the, the, the parent wound is something I see a lot of have dealt with myself. I was like on a diet at seven, went to Weight Watchers at 12 because wow, what my parents were mm. wanting. And Oh, bless. I mean, but you know what? Like finding purpose in that pain. I mean, that's what you're course, saying. It's yeah. all about purpose. And I found my purpose through that and through then overcoming and growing and integrating that. My relationship with my parents is better. Wow. And my relationship with myself is better than I could have ever imagined in my whole life. And, and the work has, has been what has given me the ability to manifest my, my dreams and that. So there is absolutely a way to overcome those kinds of things. And, and what you are both saying about, I mean, just talking about how you were on an apple diet, like, I mean, people who are listening to this, these women are stunning. It's true. <laughs> it is true. I mean, <laughs> kind of overwhelming. <laughs> so, I don't think I would have, I think I don't think I've done apples. Let me say, I've, I think I've done like just trident gum. Yes. Not, <laughs> I've, I, I've actually was always mad at myself that I could whatever, but I've done like protein bars where I've done oh, like a, yeah. three protein bars a day or like special K diet. Oh, special oh, K. Was, yeah. Throwback. Honestly, how hungry? <laughs> like you have two bowls of cereal a day. How hungry? <laughs> what did they say? They're like two bowls and then a meal. Yes. And then like a 500 calorie meal. Yeah. Just eat like oh, sugar yeah. and carbs all day. I hope they're being sued. See how your sued. energy goes. I, mean, I sure. hope they're being sued. <laughs> oh my gosh. That so, was terrible. <laughs> we talk, We were talking about the vortex. Yes. <laughs> how do you do your spiritual practices impact your body and your relationship to your body? Mm. I feel like one of my biggest spiritual endeavors is to love and and live in my body. Mm. You know, it's like, that's my, one of my things in life is to really be in my body. And it's like, because I have so much pain and like trauma stored in my body in different areas that like, 
I'm just now starting to uncover and work with um, from different points in my life. It's been hard to be in my body. And so I'm really now just trying to, to do that as much as I can and figure out how I can really express and feel and honor and then move on. I kind of feel like recently I've been like relying less on my physical expression. So it's like being able to communicate better instead of through my physical body. Kind of, but it's kind of like that. That's definitely part of it. We stopped Um, having sex. Now we can only, (laughs) (laughs) but it's kind of, it's kind of part of it where I would, you know, like that's why this relationship I'm in feels different because like, I'm just not, I'm not leaning on like, let me show him Mm. that I'm amazing physically (laughs) totally, so that he loves me. Cause I would do that for years and it never worked. It never worked. Mm -hmm. Um, Like they would like me, but like, they wouldn't like, like me, like, you know what I'm saying? Cause I wouldn't allow them to know that part of me. Mm -hmm. And so I just got into the habit of not communicating and expressing myself verbally you know, and, and that's been kind of my journey lately of being able to communicate, saying how I feel, what I feel, being unafraid to express because I'm actually not only not serving myself when I do, don't do that, but I'm not serving the people that I really love and I'm communicating with. Mm-hmm. It like does not set us up for success. Yeah. So it's been, it's like seeing my physical body in a different way as kind of like this sweet little house to my soul and to my ability to connect and express with people, but not relying on it so heavily. No more lap dances. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's so (laughs) interesting. I think this is such an interesting idea that both of you are bringing up of you're equally honoring and loving your body, but also slightly disconnecting, like recognizing that it, it is just the house for your soul. And it is just like matter and energy suit. Yeah. Right. So Meat suit. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> That's what Lady Gaga was going for with True. her meat suit. True. She's like, what am I? Just a piece of meat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there is something about that that's liberating, though, isn't it? I know. To be like, if I could only. Like, who cares if I am not whatever size that I think I should be? It's literally just like. It's just like the only, you know, when you're younger, they're like, Licks, looks aren't the only thing that matters. You know, everyone would say that. And you're like, whatever, dude. <laughs> Don't believe you. And and then as you get older, you're like, oh, looks aren't the only thing that matters. Like, sounds corny, but your vibe matters. Your energy field matters. Mm-hmm. You know, there's yeah. just like things that are in different dimensions that matter, you know? So of course, love, 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 love your body. It's so amazing. And I'm so grateful. I never think about it a lot because I'm not sick. I don't have any illnesses, you know? And so honoring too, like the people that actually had that communication going on with their body all the time that are sick, that are unwell, that have chronic illnesses. It's like, oh man, you know, that really makes the conversation totally different. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I think when it comes down to it, if you can find that balance between loving your body and being grateful for your body, that's the game changer. Honestly, self-gratitude is where in my own journey, everything changed. I was on a Kundalini yoga retreat when I was 17. My mom's a yoga teacher. And so I was going with her and I went to this Kundalini yoga retreat. It was like a cleanse. I was like, oh, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. As you do. Wow. <laughs> Honestly. Totally missing like the Kundalini. Exactly. I'm like, did you I'm like, yes, ab workout. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. So fun. <laughs> and of course I lost 
like nothing because my body was like, let's protect ourselves here. And I remember in that moment being like, okay, I can, I can either keep fighting my body or I can figure out how to love (laughs) this meat suit Mm -hmm. that my my soul is in. Did you ever have a turning point like that yourselves? Yeah. I think mine was my hormone journey. You know, when I had, so I was living in New York and I was like the lowest I'd ever been, um, probably more than 20 pounds less than I am now, maybe, or how, how much should I weigh? Yeah. Maybe a little more than 20. And, um, I was, uh, I was very, 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 very thin. And, because I was working out twice a day, I was like doing all the things. I was going to hit classes. I was really just like running myself ragged. And then when we moved to LA, it really came to a head. And I just was unable to wake up in the morning. I couldn't sleep at night. I just, it, my body really turned and it became really inflamed and I felt really uncomfortable. And I was like sick almost if I had any stimulants or caffeine. And so I had really bad adrenal fatigue, which led to, you know, really bad hormone imbalances within my body, such as like high estrogen, low testosterone, low progesterone. So my hormone journey was like that stopping point where I was like, whoa, like everything I'm doing is actually impacting me. It's weird because my thought was like, oh, everything I'm doing is impacting me positively. I was like, oh, more hit is impacting me positively. More is positive. But it was really the opposite of like more is more dangerous, more, it should be less. And like, so I really had to have a turning point. Like, what do you want? Like, do you want to be able to like actually function in your life? Or do you want to like, you know, just continue on this path of like the obsession with the body or the weight and like forcing yourself to do things that, you know, are detrimental to your health. And so that sickness, you know, where I just felt like terrible was really like impactful for me and like being like, okay, Like I'm not in my twenties anymore. I'm not really young and it doesn't matter if I'm like a whatever size or whatever weight. It really just matters like the functionality of my body and like getting back to like a place where I can respect and honor it because I wasn't for a long time. Yeah. The truth is when you feel good, you look good, right? Like totally. We all see people who, you know, maybe don't fit into whatever stupid standard of beauty, but they're like stunning goddesses all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's that energy that you're talking about. It's not just what you look like. It is what you're emanating. Mm. And I think for me, it was like the skin journey. Um, I was like, when I was living in New York, it's like a common theme. When you live in New York, you run yourself ragged. I was drinking a ton. I was a bartender for many of those years. And even when I stopped bartending, I was still drinking almost every night of the week, at least like a, a couple drinks. Uh, you <laughs> That's know. hilarious. <laughs> literally. Cause I love like, that. if you know me now, yeah. but it was it literally, you and everyone out there, show. literally everyone out there, if you're in New York, it's like the end of the day, you're like, I'm just going to have a drink to to wind down. Totally. Oh, yeah. Or that that's what you mm-hmm. do to like catch up with people. You're like, yeah. oh, yeah. grab a drink on the corner. Da, yeah. da, 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 da. Like it's, mm-hmm. there's no other, there's not like, let's go to the park and take a walk. Not many people do that with each other. No, I did that with my husband, but we literally that's lived cute. across the street from the park. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what park? Wash? No, Pro- Prospect Park in mm-hmm. Brooklyn. Oh, it was. Yeah. yeah. And amazing. It was amazing. It was magical. So I was just in like a weird vortex of like drinking a lot, being, uh, working out too much, uh, being stressed just about life, whether it was like, how do I pay rent this month or about a boy or whatever it was. And my skin was just reacting. I thought it was 
who knows what. Like I just thought like I would always have adult acne, mm. to be honest. And then when I moved to LA, you know, my stress went down, which was great. So I noticed like a slight improvement. And then I gave up dairy. I lessened my drinking by a tenfold. Like I maybe have two drinks a month now, you know? So there was just so many factors. And so when I saw that difference, I really, I was like, whoa, you're so smart body. Got, got it. Like I will never, you know what I mean? And if I have like cheese, I know I'm probably going to have a few breakouts and, you know, I willingly will do that and just be like, okay. And it'll show me. I'm like, wow, you're so smart. You're still very smart. (laughs) Showed me. Still doing it. Yeah. So that was, and that's a, a continuous journey. You know, my skin is not perfect by any means, but it's, it's a really good uh, barometer of like what's going on in my life. I love the way you speak about both of you speaking about your bodies and how you're using it as a tool to figure out, okay, how can I get what I want? Mm -hmm. (laughs) 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 These titties are my greatest tool. (laughs) Oh, I know. I know. But (laughs) to just be like, okay, if I'm going to do this, it's going to, I'm going to have this reaction. How do you navigate the pleasure of being a human and like, oh my gosh, having a drink feels so good. Mm -hmm. Or like having, you know, whatever food, like, I mean, dark chocolate is my queen. So like, (laughs) how do you you navigate indulging and enjoying the pleasure of being human while also honoring yourself? That's so hard, you know, because I did for so long, like in the past year or so, I was like, I'm just going to let myself have whatever, whenever. And it was like, why, but the intention was like, why am I having a dessert after every meal? You know, am I trying to, like, it was just like, I don't know. It's like just figuring out the intentionality behind it. And like, I've never really restricted that much. You know, I've had different phases of of restriction for sure. But right now it's just like, what is my intention behind this dessert or treat? Like, can this be fulfilled by me doing something else? Can this be fulfilled by me hugging my fiance or like by me relaxing or me sleeping more or, you know, me having mint tea or something after? And it's not, again, the restrictive mentality, but it's like, why am I doing this? You know, why do I continue to like eat a full on dessert after every meal if I'm not satisfying myself with my dinner? And kind of just rethinking the whole like reward system around food and eating, I think has been something that for me, and this is really truly just speaking for me, has been like something I'm exploring more so. Because I'd rather just live a life that's like consistently joyful than like have to rely on like a treat every meal for like a joy hit, you know? Mm. That's You're talking about true intuitive eating, like the protocol that was developed in the 90s. Like that, that is what it, it really centers around. The way that I integrate it and then bring it into my own languaging is when I'm looking at that dessert after a meal, I'm like, will this nourish my body? No, unless it's like, you know, just made of whatever kale. Yeah. <laughs> this is a kale and quinoa. Not my favorite yeah. dessert. <laughs> <laughs> or will this nourish my soul? And recognizing, okay, is this going to be like the real soul nourishing experience I want to have right now? And so, and sometimes the answer is yes. And then I'm like, love it. And I savor every single bite. My friend's make fun of me because often when I eat desserts, I close my eyes. <laughs> my God, Shara. On our totally. Team. <laughs> yeah. <Love her>. yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, really enjoying the sensation of it. But what you're saying, Krista, about like, okay, are these, are there other things I can do? Like, yeah, going to my, my partner and, and giving them a hug or having some tea or whatever other self-care ritual that can be soul nourishing too. I've recently 
been exploring moving out of New York, I'm like, oh my gosh, alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> this is something I need to figure out because like it is just so ingrained in the culture. And so I've been asking myself, is there a way for me to enjoy this experience while still honoring my body? And I found that question to be a game changer, really. It's yeah. it's a yeah. profound one. Are you drinking then or I am, yeah. but I'm I'm constantly curious about how, like what I need to drink in order to feel good and why yeah. I'm drinking. I went to Disneyland yesterday and I did go to the new bar. Cool. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Harry Potter butterbeer or yeah. what? No, no, it's the Star Wars land cool. and they have like Oga's Cantina like in Star my husband's really into Star Wars, so it. we were like, okay, let's do it. so fun. <laughs> so that's the kind of yes. thing where I'm like, yes, I'll have alcohol here. I'm convinced the body metabolizes alcohol depending on, yes, what you've eaten, but also like your intention with it. Like you're yeah. saying, sometimes I'll drink with like this intention to, mainly in my 20s where I'd be like, let's get fucked up. Mm-hmm. And I'd get, re- you know, get really fucked up. <laughs> and then there'd be days where I'm like, oh, I want to celebrate with someone I, like I love. And we have a glass of wine or two and I'm like, I'm good. Don't feel hungover the next day. It's like, there's something to the emotionality of it that I think is like very powerful. Mm. Yeah. You're spot on. Cause that's true with food too. Mm-hmm. I really experience that in my yes. own body. I don't know if anybody's done studies around it. I should figure that out. Cause I feel like they're doing more and more interesting studies about intuitive eating and, and food psychology and literally how that impacts the way you're digesting the food. Um, because your brain and body are connected and the chemicals your brain releases change the way your body functions. So if you're eating and you're like hating yourself, yeah. you know, that is, you're not going to digest it. Like in Chinese medicine, they say what your brain doesn't digest, your stomach is going to try to digest for you, but that's oh, where wow. we go. Yeah. So fascinating. I noticed so many clients and, and just people in my life who have chronic digestive issues are people who could really benefit from like honestly, therapy, it's like they go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And There's so many women that I, like I'd say- Same. It's seven out of 10. For sure. Have digestive mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. Part of it is the food. Yeah, of course. But I think a lot of it is is the emotion and just like it is so hard to be a woman in our society growing up in the 80s and 90s. Like, oh my gosh, we were bombarded with these images of not- like the the standard was yeah. just such a small percentage yeah. of women, and we were told to eat cereal to lose weight. I was on a plane the other day, and like one of the plane seats in front of me was like two seats ahead, and Friends was on, and it was like I was blown away. They could they couldn't have been they 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 honestly were so tiny. They all had the same bodies. It was like they were children. And I don't, you know, no hate to anyone for their size. And I don't mean it in that way, but just the way in which I was just like, oh my God, this was the standard. Of course they're white women and they're all just this tiny, tiny, tiny size. I was like, oh wow, this is like shocking. Shocking. Do you think that in our current day and age, you can love your body and still want to change your body and change what you look like at the same time? Yeah, I do. hundred percent. That's why, yeah, I'm definitely, yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, I, I actually do. And I, 
I want to give more love to those people that mm-hmm. like, cause it's like, yeah, of course, like everyone should love their body, but you can love that in conjunction with wanting to honor it more deeply by like making yourself feel good, you know, and making yourself feel comfortable in your clothes or comfortable in whatever, you know, a wedding dress or something like that. It's corny, oh, yeah. but it's like, I really do believe that there can be like a desire for change and growth and still love there. I I also agree. It's an important question to ask though, because in the, and I love it, the body positive movement, I think it's an amazing movement because of the representation, but there is this stop. There's the, the, the place where I see people getting blocked is in self-acceptance and with self-acceptance being like, well, I just accept that I'm quote lazy. I accept that my body is going to look a certain way or react a certain way. Kind of what you were saying about your skin. You were like, oh, well, I'm just going to have <laughs> acne mm-hmm. forever. And a lot of people get stuck there. And I find that to be really sad because why would you not want to reach for your greatest potential? But there is this fine line of like, okay, so I want to look a certain way. I want to feel more confident in my body. I want to feel stronger. I want to feel more toned, whatever it is, but then not going to that place of like burning out. How do you walk that line? I just, you know, and we talk about this a lot where we feel like we're always kind of changing and it really is just that honoring of like every living thing is like constantly changing, you know? Um, And so I'm sure there's going to be like a season of my life that I get a lot of fulfillment out of like maybe doing a certain thing in the gym and seeing results and being like, oh, wow. Okay. That's a change. I didn't know I could do. It's more of like the realizing and as long as it is within healthy parameters, but like realizing that I have the power and can be consistent and create a change um, is more the thing for me where I'm like, oh, wow, I can work at something consistently and really hard and I can see the results that I like. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think for me now at this place in my life, it's like, because I love myself so much, I want to change. And because I, because I love and respect myself and I know that, you know, for maybe the past year or something, I felt uncomfortable. It's like the keeping of ignoring me being uncomfortable is not self-love because my body and my mind are telling me something and I'm continuing to ignore it and not deal with it the actual listening and taking the steps to like fulfill the desire to feel more comfortable is self-love, you know, completely ignoring any conversation from your body with your mind and soul isn't self-love. And like, it's not, it's not self-hate to like want to feel good and like want to be proud of what you see in the mirror. Of course there is like, you know, that point that happens with many people and it actually happened with me where you hit that goal number and you're like, fuck, mm-hmm. like I want more, you know, I want less in my case. Why so was, I want less. And that was very eye opening for me. You know, that was very profound for me when I had that realization was like, Oh, it actually isn't about the number cause I'm here and I want more. And so now I have like the promise to myself to like, just have the goal of feeling good in whatever I'm wearing. I'm, I'm, you know, on whatever journey I'm on, but that, you know, if I do come to a point where I feel good to not taper into, I want more. And that's like the continuing journey for me of like being happy now, wanting better, but not getting there and wanting more. Wow. I feel your authenticity and honesty today is going to help so many women. Mm -hmm. Like I hope 
and I know you know this, but like, I just want to speak this, that your ability to share and be so authentic with your experiences is so healing. And I'm so grateful for your trust and and sharing this all with me today. I really, Aww, really we love you. It. I Thank love you, you too. Join the main subgroup. Yes. Yes. Seriously. <laughs> these conversations are happening in the secret almost 30 Facebook group. And you have some amazing things coming up to connect with you on a whole other level. You're always giving back to the community, uh, which is phenomenal. And I think that's because you love yourselves and because you take care of yourselves, you're able to give so much. And so you have a retreat coming up, which is going to be so phenomenal. Can you tell me a little bit more about it? Yes. Yeah. We have a retreat coming up in May in Malibu. Um, It's at the Calamigos Guest Ranch, which is like a five-star resort. It's heaven on earth. It's so peaceful, relaxing. You're just kind of like integrated in nature. It's really, really beautiful. Um, last year, our retreat, we had 24 women and you know, we felt, you know, we didn't know if we would do it again. We didn't know if this would be a yearly thing, but we knew right after that experience that we had to do it again. It was a time for not only women to connect with one another, but really deeply connect with themselves through whether it's movement or energy healing, um, really intimate chats with various experts, whether it's in nutrition or um, with a sexologist. Uh, And we just, we felt like this very focused, you know, four day experience for women was really profound. So we wanted to offer it again and do it even better. And so, yeah, that's happening and we can't wait to see you guys. And, yeah. and we're, we're there with you. So it's really a fun way to, for us to connect intimately with, with people. I was watching it on Facebook last year and I was like, oh my God, oh. <laughs> I can't believe I'm across the country. Right I know. Now. <laughs> I wish you could come. Yeah. It's, it's going to be amazing. And so yeah. for those of you who are listening, please go and please send me all of the pictures. Yes. <laughs> Tons of goodies. Yeah. Tons of goodies. Tons of beautiful time in Malibu and just connection with amazing women. The women are yeah. 100. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you always bring in such incredible people. I mean, you just surround yourselves with them. I also want to make sure that my community knows about how you're supporting other podcasters oh, because yeah. I, I watched your webinar so killer. Your workshop was just amazing and Aww. and they have so much goodness to share. So can you tell me in my community more about your podcast pro? Yeah. So, you know, Lindsay and I started three and a half years ago and we really just like found so much information in all these random places and totally guessed, you know, with tons of things. And so when we got to a place where we felt and we feel today that we're successful in what we do, we want to help others be successful. So every single thing that we've learned from building almost 30 to recording on our closet floors to what it is today, we put in Podcast Pro. So we just want to encourage women to get their voices heard and create a podcast. It's such a fulfilling experience. Um, and we love the medium so much. So Podcast Pro helps people to launch if they want to grow and market. And then also if they want to monetize their podcast. So um, it's yourpodcastpro.com and you can um, buy either the separate courses or the full program. Amazing. Yeah. And I feel like that in and of itself, you're going to help so many women create a new life for themselves. Mm. And that purpose of helping other women live in alignment with their values and be able to support themselves is so needed, right? Like in the, in the economy that we live in with the wealth 
discrepancies, especially around women, it's like, okay, we need to give women as many tools as possible to create the life of their dreams. And you're doing that. So self-love lifestyle community, if you feel called to share your voice and to surround yourself with people who you want to learn from and experience new things, this is an amazing opportunity. So sign up for your podcast pro. Oh, yay. Thank yay. you. This yeah. has been you're so, so fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, so, so totally grateful. You are. Aww. truly. You did so great. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh my God, yes. Bye, Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye guys.